Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. We got a real treat for you guys in this episode as me and Vicki do an interview with the mom that chose life, Jamie Korzynski. And uh, I believe her testimony is going to be powerful and it's going to be a blessing to you guys. So stay tuned. All right. Well, welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. Um, this is Daniel here, and I have Vicki also here with us. And then we have a special guest, uh, Jamie Kwasinski. Korzynski. Korzynski. Man, Good I told job, you I would though. ruin that. Hey, you know what? I tried. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and she's with us today. She had um, chosen life for her little boy, Gabriel, um, a couple of years ago. And she's been one of the moms that has chosen life with us, who's been a great blessing to us and shared her testimony and even uh, shared that testimony it, it was uh, shared on WBT radio at one point, right? That's right. I think it was, yeah. yeah. And maybe you didn't even on know that. On one of the radio shared, stations. Yeah. Oh, I didn't did, know that. Did you know that? Well, I had no idea. Yes. Well, you should have known that. But, <laughs> but anyway, it was, it was awesome. Um, and there was several other ladies, I believe Izzy mm-hmm. uh, shared her testimony. But we wanted uh, Jamie to come in because we thought that her testimony would be a blessing to you folks who listen to the podcast and just an encouragement to you, but also maybe you could learn something if you're doing pro-life ministry, if you're reaching out at abortion centers like we do, if you're working in a pregnancy center or whatever you're doing in pro-life ministry, we feel like, you know, the testimony from a mom who chose life would be a blessing to you and help you glean some wisdom and, and kind of see from that, that perspective. And uh, so, Jamie, welcome. Uh, I'm glad you're here with us. Thank you. I'm glad I'm here, too. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, so yeah, like I said, when we before we started, this will be really conversational, just kind of us just sort of talking through your story. That's that's what I want to hear. I actually haven't heard sort of the the whole story of how we met you and how you know that choice for life sort of impacted your life and of course the life of your son and your mm-hmm. family. So I want to hear that personally, and I think again others uh, would like to hear that. Yeah. So um, without sort of getting into the the whole backstory of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, we met you. When, when did we meet you? It was a little over four years ago. Gabriel will be four on the 18th of this mm-hmm. month. So. Okay. So, yeah. So, about four years ago, mm-hmm. we met you. Yeah. And, uh, and for, the, for the sake of those who are listening, where did we meet you at first time? Um, at the uh, abortion clinic at okay. on Latrobe. Yeah, yeah. Right here on Charlotte. Latrobe. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. We're actually on Latrobe right now. Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, just, what, 150 yards or so away from, from that abortion clinic, mm-hmm. which is sort of ironic that mm-hmm. that's where we first met you. And then here you are sharing your testimony. So so sort of, you know, if you can, uh, sort of rewind your mind back to maybe the months, weeks, or maybe just a couple of days before before we initially met you um, at the abortion center, what, what was going on in, in your life, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I was separated from okay. my my other boys. Well, it's Gabriel's um, dad, mm-hmm. father, I guess. And um, he was on drugs very bad. Yeah. Very, very bad. And... I mean, it was to a point to where, you know, I mean, he was doing things to hurt my kids. And, you know, not only was I having to deal with him, my mom, you know, she was going through chemo for skin cancer. And 
it's just I was working at a place I just got a job and you know they had told me that if I had had him before a certain time I wasn't going to be able to keep my job because I had to be there a year in order to get maternity leave and it's just everything was just piled up on me um having to deal with their father I really don't like saying that word because he's not he's not been there at all yeah so um having to deal with him just by itself was enough he was breaking into my home he was you know very abusive I mean you know he just yeah he had put his hands on me I was my placenta abrupted while I was pregnant with Gabriel because I was basically thrown to the floor wow so um which one of the doctor who ended up actually delivering Gabriel used to come up here. I don't know if she still does. Um, Dr. Collins. Yeah, Inga Collins. It's a small world. Yeah, yeah. so um, she helped, you know, the whole abruption thing, clear it up and everything else. But, yeah. She, yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's safe to say there was a bunch of stuff going bunch. on. Yeah, sort mm-hmm. of like a storm. Totally overwhelmed then. Very. Your whole life was kind of crashing in on you at, at that point. It yeah. really yeah. was. It was just, I wouldn't wish what was going on on anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody. Yeah. So it is... And you were kind of all alone because your husband was not in the picture. Your mom is obviously very sick, and you felt the great responsibility towards what was going on with her. Right. And you yeah. find yourself pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't know what I was going to do with, you know, I've already got two kids. Yeah. How am I going to provide for an, another kid because I'm not getting any child support? I mean, I was from her father, but yeah. not much at all. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I think some folks can benefit, you know, folks who are listening to our podcast can sort of benefit from um, from the story in this sense is just at least just the first couple of minutes that you shared is that, you know, a woman that comes to an abortion clinic is, I mean, there are certainly some that are that come that are just sort of, you know, hard hearted and they're just they're just built, you know, wrapped up in selfishness and they're just going to come and do what they want to do. Kind of birth control in many. Right. Yeah. You know, they don't want to look sometimes. they don't look bad in a bathing suit. And so, yeah. you know. Yeah. But not every woman, and, and I couldn't say majority or not majority, but either way, we have to understand that there are folks that come in very dire situations to an yeah. abortion clinic. Doesn't justify, you know, what they're planning to do, but it certainly should make us sort of stop and think, how are we going to reach this right. person? Because it felt impossible to you, right? It, it you, did. You absolutely felt, I cannot do this. It did. I mean, I'm completely always have been against abortion. That's yeah. something right. I've always been against. And coming up here, it just, you know, it tore me up. And yeah. I mean, I was sitting in the parking lot just crying. Getting, yeah. I mean, it. I just hated. Yeah. What well, so were you thinking on that whole drive? Because you had a long drive. Yeah. So you're driving alone, right? You mm-hmm. were all alone. You're I was driving by to the abortion center for an hour and a half or something. And what's going through your head as you're. I just. I know I cried probably just about the whole ride here. Mm-hmm. Um, I just. Disappointment, I guess. And just. I was overwhelmed with everything. Yeah. It just was almost like nothing it's just I was just kind of zoned out the whole ride because I didn't know like I'm doing something I'm completely against and is it when you say disappointment you mean like disappointment in yourself or just kind of in myself because I just you know 
not only that, you know, I'm letting my parents down. I felt like I was letting everybody down just by, you know, coming up here. Because, again, I'm just, I'm not against, I mean, I'm, I am just so against that in yeah. general. And, and against abortion, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And are your parents, they, they are... Were they Christians? Are they Christians? Did they so they did they know about? They knew. Okay, they knew. They knew, and they were they were kind of for me doing that because they knew my situation. Mm-hmm. Right. So you know, I mean, they weren't too happy that yeah. you know I had chose not to just because just because of the situation I was in and they knew how hard it was going to be on me. But, you know, I had to, whenever I came back, I, you know, talked to them about everything and everything was better in the end. Yeah, Yeah, God's good and and how he can sort of change hearts and Mm -hmm. and sort of uh, turn situations around. And, of course, we'll get to that in your life and how how the Lord did that. But when you arrive, so there's a lot of anxiety going on. There's a lot of disappointment in yourself, a lot of tears, and all of that. When you when you arrive to the abortion center, uh, what was the the scene like? Even if you may not even have paid attention, you may have just been so teary eyed and so overwhelmed that you didn't even pay attention. But what was the scene like? If you know what I mean, when you came to the abortion center, do you remember? Um, I remember a little bit. Mm-hmm. I remember driving up and seeing y'all on the sidewalks. Um, y'all weren't really pushy or anything like that. Y'all were being, you know, real gentle about the whole situation. And I could hear you guys talking and, you know, trying to talk me into coming to speak with you and everything. And I think I want to say maybe when I was pulling in, when y'all may have stopped at my car mm-hmm. And, you know, was like, you know, why don't you come and talk to us? We can, we can help you. And so I just went on and pulled into the parking lot and just sat there and just cried and cried and cried. And then I heard them talking about, you know, do you want an ultrasound? We'll show you the baby and all that. And I was like, you know, I was like, okay, let me, because I just, I could not just, I couldn't do it. I just, yeah. So when so somebody offered it was Vicky there that mm-hmm. day okay Vicky so Vicky and was, Sherry Sherry yeah yeah so Sherry was Sherry the, was, was the, the nurse, nurse. yeah mm-hmm. so they were sort of so somebody stopped and talked with you while you're on your way in mm-hmm. and you were like you went on in but you still sat in the parking lot and and sort of was processing maybe the whole thing mm-hmm. um, and then w- was there anything in particular it was just the offer of the ultrasound that made you sort of okay I'll just go give this a chance is that how it kind of worked or yeah, is it, it was, sort of it was really probably everything I was hearing them speak and the things they were saying over the intercom and then just knowing my beliefs and everything, Yeah, you know, it all just kind of brought it all together mm-hmm. and I kind of just was like, okay, I can't do this. So were we yeah. speaking on the microphone? And you, you were on the hear, microphone. So we were on the microphone and you could hear us. And You were on the microphone. Yeah. And back then, I don't remember seeing the other people the pro-choice people yeah, yeah. i don't they really might not have been out there yet back then four years ago not so much yeah at least not on yeah, the side i don't remember seeing yeah. them yeah okay what were some of the things if you remember you may not remember that you heard on the microphone that maybe sort of kind of added to that whole you know decision to rethink this thing and, and to come out you remember um i remember them saying that you know they can help me obviously give me options um choices Mm -hmm. um to help me be able to 
do what I can, I guess, so that I can be able to have my baby and, you know, be able to live my life without needing all this worry, Yeah, you know, and I mean, they did. Yeah. yeah. And so at that point, so you're in the parking lot, you're hearing people talk and, and offer the free ultrasound. Did you know it pulling out back out of the parking lot or you just walk from the parking lot to the, to the RV? Cause eventually you went on the, the mobile ultrasound, right? <laughs> I don't, did I pull out and like hey, you know, pull over on the side of the road and talk Yeah, that I don't remember. I remember you getting out of the car crying and me hugging you. Yeah, yeah. I think I may have pulled out and okay. then and parked, parked over. Behind. Yeah. yeah. Right. I only yeah. asked because yeah. I, I sort of... I sort of think it's cool sometimes when somebody walks right out of the parking lot and yeah. and comes out to the ultrasound unit right. instead of Which going does, in there. And it's like, you know, yeah. it, it does happen. But you So know. you never actually even walked in? I never even walked in. Yeah. Do you remember us talking about God? Yes. At all? Do yes. you remember anything specific or just that? Because that must have, as you as a Christian, hearing that reminder mm-hmm. has to have had an impact it did. on you at that time. It did. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember exactly what y'all said, but mm-hmm. I do remember because, you know, my beliefs are the same as your beliefs. Right. I don't believe in abortion. I believe it's against what God wants you to do. Mm-hmm. I feel like he gave you this baby for a reason. Yeah. You know, I've always said that. I said that, you know, to my friends. Re- I've had friend recently. I said yeah. the same thing to her. And, and changed her heart. Mm-hmm. She turned and chose life. So you're kind of paying it forward what happened with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, you know, just them bringing up, you know, verses and God and all that over the microphone kind of just, it just brought it all back out yeah. to me. And I was just like, I can't You know, it. this is such an important point, I think, because um, I would say most of the women— that come to an abortion center, at least here in the South, say that they know the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, but and and that's always, you know, it's like you know the Lord, but you're here, mm-hmm. um, and yet you you understand that mm-hmm. you understand you can love the Lord and be so focused on the struggle that you lose sight of of God for at least for that moments of panic. Mm-hmm. And so how would you deal with someone like you that um, uh, comes and and knows God, but you're feeling this desperation? What are the things that you now, having gone through this, what, what are the sorts of things that you would have wanted or you would want to say to them? Um, I don't know. I guess, you know, there are... You have all these options. You know, you don't have to go the way that the devil's pushing you to go. Um, you know, there's if you can't take care of baby, there's people out there that will would love to have your baby. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they give you all these resources so that, mm-hmm. you know, you can find a way to be able to do everything on your own. And then I would bring them into my situation And tell them, you know, how my life ended up being. And, you know, hopefully that would change their mind because, I mean. Yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah, the Lord has done certainly a lot in your life. Just the little bits that I've heard even from Vicki. And then you shared your testimony before uh, a couple thousand people or more (laughs) with Love Life uh, several weeks ago. And that that was really a powerful, uh, powerful testimony. So you eventually came out again out of the abortion center and ended up going on board the mobile ultrasound ultrasound unit. 
um, share sort of the, the, you may not remember, certainly I don't think you probably would remember all the details, but what was that experience like going on the mobile ultrasound unit and just ultimately seeing your baby? If you don't mind, just share a little bit of that experience. Um, well, you know, of course I went on there and they gave me the ultrasound. I could see him, mm-hmm. you know, on How the far along were you at that time? I think I was probably about six weeks. Okay. Yeah. So you're Something like early, that. Yeah. Maybe you five or six you weeks. You saw was, a beating heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We seen the heartbeat and mm-hmm. everything. So even though I was, you know, only five or six weeks, yeah. I still, you know, heard his heart, seen his heart, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, they printed off a bunch of pictures. I still have those pictures. Oh, wow. And gave them to me. And yeah. um, do you remember the first time? This may be a weird question. I don't know, but the first time you saw his heart beating, uh, do you remember sort of the the impact of that? It just it kind of it broke my heart in a way, mm-hmm. knowing what I was about to do. Mm-hmm. And you know, once I seen that heartbeat, I just I knew I I was like I. I'm doing the right thing by not going through with it. Yeah. That was um, the turning point then for you, really, was seeing that beating heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And God's so good to mm-hmm. sort of, and I don't say that to toot our horn. You know, <laughs> we're out there by God's grace, but, and of course, it was his, his spirit sort of working on your heart and all of that. But it's just the Lord sort of puts things in our way, not sort of, but definitely puts things yeah. in our in our path to to get us to, to turn to him and, and to do the right thing. And and that's ultimately what, what you did by His grace. Yeah. Um, you remember after that point on the mobile unit, if you had sort of any um, any experience of like, uh, you know, Vicky counseling with you and sort of walking you through sort of you know, some of the resources and stuff like that. You remember that? Mm-hmm. I remember Vicky um, sitting me down. You know, we discussed my situation, her and Sherry both. And um, we were talking about, you know, what my options were and you know that they would be here for me um they had counselors that would stay with me um were you in danger at that point of losing your job because I do know shortly I ended up losing my job and I know that we counseled and talked about and and you did a, a great job on your own but I know that we were involved in some parts in saying hey this is illegal they can't, they weren't moving you. They weren't moving you to a place where you could um, work safely mm-hmm. being pregnant, correct? Right. Yeah. Um, my placenta was abrupted. This was before, you know, I had, you know, the doctor fixed it and everything. But um, when my placenta abrupted, I was working at a job, a car car manufacturer right right and I was having to lift heavy boxes and kind of do strenuous things and they knew you were pregnant they knew right. I was pregnant right okay they knew I was pregnant um I went up to them I was already trained in another section that was not hard yeah and I had asked them if I could just be moved over there yeah and they refused to move me over there right and so, and I had been cramping and I was kind of worried. So I was like, you know, I, I can't keep doing this because something bad is going to happen. Right, right. Um, This happened couple, maybe a week or two after I came up here. Right. Because I recall that you called mm-hmm. and, and you're like, what do I do? Yeah. And, and I, now I don't quite remember if you fought it legally, but we certainly gave you resources saying, yes, they can't do this. This yes. is illegal. They cannot you, fire you for, for being pregnant. Mm-hmm. That's against the law. You gave me resources. Um, you told me to get in touch with the EEOC. Right. right. And so yeah. I did end up 
going and yeah. going through with all that, right. it is considered um, sexual harassment. Right. So right. Um, whenever they, um, when you're pregnant and they don't move you to a part to where physically you um, can work, mm-hmm. that that's illegal. Right. So, Which is so important because I will say there are a huge number of women who come here who find themselves pregnant. They're working. They must work. They mm-hmm. need that income. And they say, I'll be fired. I've been told. I'll mm-hmm. be fired. Well, that's illegal. Mm-hmm. And so it's good to know. Well, you, So you fought it. I you did. You fought it and, and won. Um, so, and then there was the baby shower, I'm sure, that was offered. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Y'all came yeah. and y'all, uh, Sherry drove about two hours, I yeah. think, and yeah. drove to my mom's house and right. brought me so much stuff. Right. I didn't through. have to get anything yeah. for him at all. Like, yeah, that it was, was a tr- blessing. Through, that was through Truth and Mercy Pro-Life. Uh, ministries with Cheryl Chandler. She mm-hmm. supplied the things, and then you could not come out here. Mm-hmm. So Sherry, the nurse, drove drove and brought you all of those mm-hmm. those things. And was that helpful? Oh, it was, was it? very very helpful. Yeah. Very helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're just kind of talking through the different resources and connections that, right. that, that, right. that, that you were that able we to make with her. It. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe I'm jumping ahead. I don't know, but after that point, you know, you saw. Gabriel's at that time you God knew his name but maybe you hadn't hadn't named him yet mm-hmm. but you saw his heartbeat you named him pretty quickly didn't you when yeah you found when out his due date he, he yeah. was due on Christmas day okay they yeah. they told me in the <clears throat> ultrasound that his okay. due date was Christmas day and even when I went to the doctor it was saying Christmas day and I was like well you know what I want to name him something you know that has to do with the Bible mm-hmm. or, or Christmas because he's doing Christmas. So yeah. I named him Gabriel. Yeah, so yeah. Was, was, was that good. kind of like a, an affirmation from God? So I, when when you when you heard Christmas Day, I remember us all just saying, "Oh, only God." Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So you ended up you saw his heartbeat. You, the Lord sort of, I guess, solidified your decision to for life rather than abortion. Mm-hmm. You heard about the resources and all of that stuff. Was there a point where you felt that a burden had sort of been lifted from your shoulders, like this, you know, ah, oh, I can breathe again now. Was there a point of that? Yes, yes. I mean, you know, going back home, still having to deal with that stuff, of course, you know, that burden was still there. Yeah. But the, you know, the resources that you guys had gave me helped me get out of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before I even left, y'all had gave me, I think, two or three bags full of maternity clothes. Mm, right. And... Because your, your youngest was then five, mm-hmm. something like that? So. Uh, he was one... They're 18 months apart. Oh, that's all? Yeah. Oh, okay. They're only 18 months okay. apart. So he yeah, was okay. still young, too. And you okay. had gave... I think y'all gave me some, like, gender-neutral clothes, too. Yeah. So to help out, you know, with that. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, y'all, y'all helped me so much, yeah. and I ended up being able to, I, I, I think you helped me find a lawyer that right. was a pro bono right. lawyer right. for domestic violence. I ended up getting a right. ex parte. Okay. And right, because at that point, you really weren't sure, how do I get out of this? I know it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. I know it's damaging, but I have no money mm-hmm. to help. And it, again, with the magic of Google, we found <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we found resources yeah. to help you, and they did help you. Yes, yeah. she yeah. was able to get that granted for me, and so I ended up with the restraining order, and... 
it may not have worked for a couple years, but yeah, I, I mean, I ended up moving back in with my parents to get him to stay away. Wow. But yeah. yeah, it was just. I mean, that's that, kind of the point you're making here, and the point that, I mean, folks should be hearing is that even when a mom chooses life. Mm-hmm. In such a sort of drastic way at an abortion clinic, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean the situation that seems like abortion was a good option for her just goes away. It's like right. you chose life on that mobile ultrasound. You saw your baby's heartbeat, but your situation was still there. There was. was still the stuff going on, and you still had to kind of go back into that. Mm-hmm. Were there some things said um, by either Vicky or the nurse or even the Lord in your heart that helped you, that helped comfort you and helped you? You know, fight that battle back at home. Just knowing the resources that you guys gave me and, you know, knowing that I had people there to help me Mm -hmm. and help guide me in the direction that I needed to go to be able to, you know, get through all that. Mm -hmm. um, That helped me uh, a whole lot. Yeah. Um, You didn't feel all alone I didn't feel alone anymore because at that time I was extremely alone. Like nobody was in my corner at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah, And that can be a tough situation. It can. And, you know, it's overwhelming to a counselor too, I think, when when there's someone with the host of of really severe issues that that you came with. And I think so many people in the pro-life movement can be overwhelmed and Mm -hmm. can say, what can we do? How, How can we help this? And we're nobody. Yeah, we didn't yeah. know how to help either, but we knew that God is a mighty God. Mm-hmm. You had just made this amazing choice in the midst of your circumstances had not yet changed, but we know that God will provide a way. And, and you know, there's just, there's a network. Everybody has a network of, of friends and people and Google that you can, yeah. <laughs> that you can call I upon. I wonder if the Google company would be happy with the fact that we're using their, their search sure engine to help women Probably choose not. life. I'm not sure. But it, it was more that you knew there was someone in your corner. I like how you yeah. said that, that there was someone else fighting for you mm-hmm. so that you weren't all alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, again, how the Lord can, can bring those things about. And, you know, I'm amazed sometimes by, you know, as a ministry, as we encounter situations like yours and other situations of the stuff that the Lord sort of puts on our lap and the organizations that we end up connecting with mm-hmm. um, to, to meet needs that mm-hmm. we're like, well, I didn't even know this organization existed. Right. And, you know, I think, for example, of an organization, this doesn't have to do with your story, but with the mom, a couple of moms that we've encountered that are drug addicted, that are pregnant. Yeah. And it's yeah. like this amazing organization sort of opened up yeah. that has a maternity home for drug addicted women. It's like, who knew? You know? And <laughs> they'll we change Medicaid I think Google helped us find that, right? I found that again. It was another thing. And I think that is just such an important message to anyone who, you probably encountered it with a friend that you talked into, you know, choose life. And then you're like, but now what? Yeah. But, but now what is now God and, and trust that there is a way. Mm-hmm. When you make a choice for life, God will make a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit more about it. You've shared some of that. I mean, like a lawyer that was that you helped her connect with a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Is that right? <laughs> which is she did. Pretty, pretty amazing. And trying to handle that situation, which in itself is a, a, a difficult situation. Right. Where you scratch your head and you're like, okay, how do you deal with this? Yeah. Thank God that situation was dealt with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there are other stuff going on. You already mentioned the job situation. Mm-hmm. Um, with, how did that situation pan out? Um, well, I ended up losing my okay. job. Yeah. Um, so that I ended up taking them to court or the EEOC did 
because of it being, you know, it's illegal what they were doing. Yeah. Um, I ended up, was about a year later, they ended up hiring me back. Okay. So I ended up getting that job back at the same place. They just put me in a different department. Mm-hmm. Um, and they ended up, I won my lawsuit with them and everything else. So that yeah. kind of helped build everything back up and, you know, it kind of made things better. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was a good paying job. Um, I was able to, you know, get on my own with my kids and everything. And I met my now husband there. He yeah. was my trainer. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's it's a fabulous cool. story then, then because you come out of such a really horrific relationship mm-hmm. and um, kids that you love. And, and, and then you meet the love of your life. Mm-hmm. And so... God kind of opened a whole bunch of doors for you mm-hmm. following that choice for life. He did. Yeah. yeah. He did. Now, it wasn't all a bed of roses along the way, right? No, yeah. it, it wasn't. But, you know, once, you know, it, it took me a good, I would say, two years. Because Gabriel, I think, was like two maybe when he came in the picture. So he's about to turn four. So, yeah. Um, it took about two years for it to finally level itself out kind of Mm -hmm. but you know finally after that third year everything is way better so much better better than what i could have ever imagined yeah i know there's a scripture that comes to mind for me jesus said um in this world you will have tribulation so it's like okay you're gonna have stuff going on but he says but take joy for i have overcome the world and that scripture, of course, is, you know, he's talking to his disciples and he's saying, hey, you guys are going to be really persecuted and you're gonna, people are going to mess with you. It's going to be, life's not going to be easy for you, but I've overcome the world. Mm-hmm. And that certainly can apply to us, can apply to your situation. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're going to have tribulation. There's going to be stuff in a fallen world that happens, but take joy, I've overcome the world. And really clinging to him, clinging to the promises of God um, is what helps us in him to overcome the world. Can you talk a little bit about how sort of, maybe I could be making an assumption, I don't know, but your walk with the Lord had had sort of been set in a better direction since you had chosen life. Can you talk a bit, little bit about that? No, I did start going back to church more okay. um, at that point because I wasn't going to church as much. Yeah. Um, I was just <clears throat> overwhelmed with that job I had. It was just, it. I was working all the time. Mm-hmm. Um but so I started going back to church and everything, and it was like as soon as I started going back to church and you know started making all the better decisions, that's when everything started coming together. So yeah. you know I feel like by me bringing that back into my life, you know things got better for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was there a change from I was just talking with someone today about that that there can be a belief in God, but that can be different from following God and submitting a life to God. And w- was that something that you can relate to? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it's – I don't want to get into, like, before all this, like before the kids and everything else, but I had a bad point in my time in my life way before them. Mm-hmm. And, you know – I mean, it was dark. A lot of people can't get out of that. Yeah. Um, you know, like with drug addictions, yeah. you kind of got mm-hmm. to, you know, fight through it all and, mm-hmm. you know, pray. 
mm-hmm. I had to move away to get away from the things I was being around, and mm-hmm. I joined the army and got away from it. Yeah. And so it just, you know, you kind of gotta. And when I was in basic, I read the Bible every single night. That was the one thing we could have is we could have our Bibles. And I would read. I started at Genesis, and I read. I can't remember. I think I stopped at Matthew. Mm-hmm. But we, I read every single day in my book while mm-hmm. I was in basic training in AIT, and I feel like that's what got me through that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like – and I was the smallest person. So I feel like by me, you know, my faith with God and all that has got me through so much. Yeah. Um. So, so much. Not just – my past relationship with the the kids and you know it's just been from my whole life yeah right yeah so the lord's been there even when you showed up at an abortion clinic like the lord was there mm-hmm. hmm. sounds like the lord is everywhere mm-hmm. that's right <laughs> yeah and it sounds in the like deepest the- <laughs> darkest places there is who cory ten boom that said there is no pit that you can dig that God is not deeper still. Yeah. Isn't that, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, that he's there in our deepest, darkest place. And uh, we do need to make the choice to reach out to him. And I think that that's kind of what happened when you walked out of that abortion mm-hmm. clinic. And you said, okay, I'm going to trust you now. Yes. I'm not just going to believe in you. I'm going to trust. Nothing's changed. Nothing had changed. Mm-hmm. You were crying in the car. Nothing had changed, but you walked out of there. And, and trusted that God was going to make a way, and he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He definitely did. Yeah. Now, I don't want to put you on the spot with this question. You can say, I don't want to answer that question <laughs> if you want to. Because, you know, I don't, wanna, I don't want people to have a bad view of your parents or anything like that. Because mm-hmm. there was a lot going on in their lives. There's a lot going on in your life. But when you made that choice for life, how difficult was it to sort of break that news to your parents and say, hey, you know what? I'm keeping this baby and... I'm going to trust God and I'm going to move forward with this thing. Was that, was that a hard thing for them to swallow? And I mean, they were a little disappointed at first. My parents, you know, they're Christians. They Mm -hmm. didn't believe in it either, but they just were seeing my situation and you know what I was about to have to deal with. And they knew who I was dealing with as well. So they didn't want to see me any deeper into that situation than I already was. Yeah. But, um, it, when I got home, you know, I'm just, I am the type of person, though, that I don't let really anybody like that tell me, mm-hmm. you know, I have to do this. I've never been like that. You know, I just went home and I was like, I, I can't, I couldn't do it. Yeah. So I'll just, I'll figure out what I can do. You can be disappointed in me. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's just something that I had to, I mean, I've always, I've been like that. But yeah. Sort of, um, sort of hard-headed in a good way. Yeah, in a good way, yeah. <laughs> but now they see the this wonderful, mm-hmm. adorable yeah. little boy that that I know the rest of your children adore. I'm sure the, mm-hmm. the grandparents adore, too. Yeah. And, yeah. and the Jane, um, uh, Carl yes. has completely embraced he being has. a father to all of your children. Yes, he don't yeah. have any of his own. Mm-hmm. So he has took all three of my kids in like they're his and it's just you know the first day the boys met him they literally ran up to him and was like daddy and I thought he was going to run away and never (laughs) come back I thought he was never going to speak to me again but he just picked them up and just from that point on it was just he 
was daddy to them. Yeah. Yeah. The first day I met them. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So, so your your parents' heart changed mm-hmm. in that matter. They sort of came around to the fact that okay, she's going to do this, and they embraced that idea, and they loved their their little grandson. And mm-hmm. I'm sure they they give him candy and oh, yes. ice cream and all that. Oh you know. yes, and then drop him off back uh-huh. at home. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Fill him up with sugar and drop him off to run around the house. Yeah, yeah. So, so you can really uh, talk about how situations change. Yes. And and to make a decision when you're in the worst spot you've ever been that is a life or death decision is maybe not a great time to be making that decision. Right. right? Because things changed. Mm-hmm. And in your case, they changed really dramatically from where you were yes. three years ago. Yeah. yeah. Yes, definitely. You know, one of the, the words I like in these sort of scenarios is sort of that, that word. Is it a word? Or maybe it's two words. Full circle. It's come full circle. Might be a dash it, in there. Might be a dash. <laughs> it, uh, hyphenated words are one word, by the way. But yeah, full circle. And, and when I knowing some of your story and knowing um, you from from your you know, relationship with Vicky and, and everything, seeing you sort of come full circle in the sense that you've actually come to this abortion clinic and shared your testimony of how you chose life, and uh, even beyond that, before that, you helped a friend of yours that you worked with, I believe, somebody mm-hmm. you worked with, mm-hmm. who was thinking abortion. You helped them to choose life, and you even brought them here to have a baby shower that we did here, here in the office, which was really a blessing to us, and mm-hmm. hopefully it was a blessing to her. But, yeah, I mean, you've sort of come really full circle here and now on the podcast here, but also in front of the crowds of, you know, you know, a thousand people or more. And on the radio that you didn't know about, yeah. <laughs> your testimony was shared. Um, that that's powerful. Share a little bit about, if you don't mind, your feelings in coming here again. That that was was that your first time ever coming back to it was. this this Latrobe Drive. It was first when I pulled in. I just I got emotional right mm-hmm. off the bat. Mm-hmm. I got out of the car and seen Vicky, and I just I and I hugged her it. again, and she cried again. Yeah, <laughs> I, I lost it. Yeah, I just just coming up here just brought all those memories right. back. Yeah, and right. it just kind of tore me up inside that I had even yeah. thought about that yeah. decision. Yeah. yeah. Were you nervous? I I was very nervous. Yeah. It, she it, was it, ready it, to pass out. But in, in, I kept saying, bend your knees and <laughs> take, yeah. take a breath, yeah. put my arms around her butt, So the, which makes it all the more remarkable because you were terrified, never done anything like that. What compelled you to get in front of those 2,000 people and speak? Just hoping that I can reach somebody who's in my type of situation or in the situation I used to be in. I just, I wanted, you know, that to kind of help somebody in that situation if they were able to hear it. Yeah. So like, I, you know, I just wanted it to, you know, just to help somebody. Yeah. And we know it did. And that, that testimony was shared all over um, the internet because I shared it um, <laughs> among other people. But you also, as we're leaving the speech, which mm-hmm. was just so moving and wonderful, you saw pro-choice people mm-hmm. um, in their vest and saying pro-choice. And what happened with them? What went in your in your heart as you're looking at them who are actively trying to prevent us from giving the information that allowed and helped you to make a choice for that precious life. Well, Vicki said it was okay. Okay. <laughs> because <laughs> I walked up to them 
and, you know, told them, you know, a little bit of my story and told them that if they had been there the day that I came, my son may not be here. And they were like, well, that was your choice. And I was like, yes, that was my choice. Well, what about, you know, my baby's choice? Yeah. And they turned their backs on me. They completely just shut me off. There was one girl who had her face completely covered with a a sign the whole time. Yeah. She wouldn't yeah. even let us look at her face. Yeah. And I didn't even realize that till I started looking at pictures. I'm like, yeah. I remember she didn't even let us see her face. Yeah. It's like she's almost kind of, what is that word I'm looking for? Ashamed. Ashamed yeah. to even be out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it could be because, you know, a lot of times when we – you know, we could do it as pro-lifers. We can view this issue as sort of just political mm-hmm. and and disconnect it from human beings and disconnect mm-hmm. it from real life. Mm-hmm. I think it can happen, again, on the pro-life side. I think it can happen certainly on the pro-choice side. And whenever you're face-to-face with the reality of the choice or the the opposite of that choice, and you're face-to-face with a woman who had almost made that choice, who's saying to you that if you would have been here, and and tried to prevent these people from talking to me, which is you know what they're that's mm-hmm. their goal that out is here. Their goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then I quite possibly would not have my my son, who's a blessing. And rather than pros- process that and rethink their their persuasion, maybe some of them did. Hopefully they did. Mm-hmm. They just sort of you know turn their back on you and, and mm-hmm. they couldn't and, answer my question yeah. at all. They yeah. they just couldn't answer. Just turn their backs. Yeah. Right. Now these are the yeah. folks that oftentimes tout themselves as the most open minded and. And the most uh, willing to listen to everyone and, oh. and anybody. And it seems that that wasn't the case, at least that day. Right. No. And they're wearing, you know, things that say pro-choice. But you they're kept not. trying to tell them, but you're blocking the choice that saved my baby. Mm-hmm. You're blocking the choice for life. You guys give more choices than they ever would. They only do one choice. That's not a choice. Mm-hmm. They're pro-abortion. That's yeah. all they are. They're not mm-hmm. pro-choice. If they mm-hmm. were pro-choice... They would be given choices to these women, right. not pushing them to that abortion clinic. Right? Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, you guys are given the choices and the right. options yeah. to help them be able to keep their baby instead of yeah. throwing parties and doing everything exactly. that they do over there. But yeah. now they say that all the women, they tell us, oh, well, all the women that come there, their mind is made up. Was that true for you? Over there, yeah, it was not made up. I yeah. was still in, you know, this whole, I guess, cloud. Yeah, mm-hmm. is, is what you can say it was because mm-hmm. I didn't really, I didn't want to be there. I didn't mm-hmm. want to be there at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure every woman who goes there probably feels the same way. Mm-hmm. Just about. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you may have some that just, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm going to ask you a question that I think is going to be real important, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe a heavy question, maybe not. Um, and it you know helps. Uh, hopefully, it will help other people who are thinking about getting involved at an abortion clinic, sort of spur them uh, to to action. Do you think that if there were no pro life people on the sidewalk in front of that Latrobe Abortion Center when you arrived, that you would have quite possibly gone through with that abortion? I may have. Just because I just, I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know I had options. Yeah. You know, I didn't know I was going to have, you know, the things that you guys offered me. I didn't know 
that I was able to do certain things to be able to get where I needed to go to be able to take care of my kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you guys hadn't been there, I probably would have. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, you know, sad reality, you know, all over the country. I mean, there's, you know, how many, I think there's 700 and something abortion clinics across the country. And some of those, there's nobody there to to reach out. And, you know, there are even abortion clinics in the city of Charlotte. There's four of them now. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> in the city of Charlotte, Latrobe is still the most visited abortion clinic yeah. that does more abortions than, than probably all of them combined. Um, but there are times that there aren't any people there at those other abortion clinics. Thankfully, we have somebody here every day. But that's sort of one of our goals for next year is to have mm-hmm. folks out here um, at the abortion clinics, every abortion clinic, every day that they're open, that they're doing abortions. Um, I think it should be a goal for every church, and personally, yeah. mm-hmm, to have yeah. a pro-life ministry that reaches out at their abortion clinic and can be a voice for those babies and a voice to the women that, that show up. Because, you know, this is not just about saving babies. This is about proclaiming the gospel, and it's about rescuing women who are going in and rescuing families mm-hmm. who are destroyed by abortion. Abortion mm-hmm. is such a uh, such a, a ravenous thing. It just destroys mm-hmm. lives. It destroys families. It destroys yeah. hearts. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's our job of those who are called to love our neighbor as ourselves to, to do what we can to, to help stop abortion yeah. and help persuade people to, to choose life. Yeah. Yeah. There was a woman just today as, as I pulled up and I, I was leaving um, our office and walking to the abortion center. And there was a woman, another one of our counselors had, had stopped and spoken to who chose life, who told us she was praying that God would just put someone in her path because she like you, she did not want to do it. Not mm-hmm. deep in her heart, but she was desperate. They, they're desperate. And, um, and so praise God that there were people standing there that could tell them, you don't have to do this. There are options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, as we wrap up here, uh, I want to give you an opportunity, if, if you want to take the opportunity. If you had, and she asked earlier, but I'm going to ask again because I think it's cool to ask you again. <laughs> if you had the opportunity, and you did, to speak with an abortion-minded uh, friend or, or, you know, uh, family member or whatever, what are some of the things that you would say to them to help persuade them not to go through with an abortion? Um, you know, I'd bring up my story. Yeah, you know, powerful story. Yeah, everything I went through, um, you know, I know everybody's different. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that by me choosing life, my life has turned around so much. I now have a man who takes care of my kids, like, as if they were his own. You know, we just bought our first house. Um, you know, everything has completely changed. And I feel like by me doing all that, it pushed me in that direction and Mm -hmm. I feel like it would do that for other people as well yeah um if you just try to fight through it all I know it's hard because it's very hard yeah very hard having to deal with all that um but if you can just try to fight through it just for a little bit you know it's going to end up better in the long run you know God never gives you more than you can handle yeah um so it always will end up in the direction that it's meant to mm-hmm. be, and you're going to end up in a better situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You quoted weird. a scripture at the end of your speech 
Was that um, lean not on your own understanding? In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorites, too. Yeah, That's one of my favorites, and and he did that for you, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I chose that verse. Yeah. 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 Praise the Lord. Yeah. Well, Jamie, thank you for coming and sharing. I know you're a good ways away from here. It's like two hours for you to get here or something. Yeah. And so we really appreciate it. Uh, I know the folks that are going to listen to this podcast are going to appreciate it. I appreciate it just personally, just hearing your story, just hearing yeah. what God has done. It's such an encouragement to me, such a blessing to me. Um, I do want to encourage those who are listening to the podcast um, to go on our website and connect with us. Charlotte.citiesforlife.org is our website. And also we do have, as I mentioned, people getting involved in sidewalk counseling, being a presence at the abortion clinics. We have a website that's designed to help you to do that. Um, www.sidewalks4life.com. And that'll train and equip you and help equip you to, uh, to get involved in sidewalk counseling. If you, uh, if you want to connect with me personally, you can, get, you can connect with me through my email address, dparks at citiesforlife.com and vicky, vkasiorg at citiesforlife.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get some feedback um, from you on this podcast or other podcasts. We'd love to hear from you uh, some suggestions of other podcasts. Hopefully we'll have some uh, other moms like Jamie who have chosen life on the on a podcast, on an episode, and share from their perspective. Uh, but we were blessed to have, have you here, Jamie, and we're blessed for those who listen and pray that you're blessed as you, uh, as you continue to seek to serve the Lord. Use me, Lord, oh, use me, Lord.